Hi everyone and welcome to episode 129 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys! We have recovered from everything that happened in the last two weeks. (laughs) Wow. Slightly. Um, Yeah, no, I was pretty much just out of sorts on Wednesday. I didn't even drink and I felt hungover. I was just like, that was crazy seeing uh, Kingsglaive. I was talking about the 15 delay. Oh, yeah, that happened too. Yeah, it did. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) But anyways. (laughs) But yeah, no, the the 15 delay was crazy. We're going to get onto that a bit later. But obviously our last episode was about the rumor of delay. By the time the episode had come out, it was official. Yeah, unfortunately. People said that we covered ourselves. Mm. I'd like to think that we did. I think that we did. I mean, We can tell you the whole process as we talk about the news story later. Yeah, and this is for all the guys who called me a freaking idiot online. Like, honestly, people... Oh well. Oh well. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about some news later, but um, our main topic actually this episode is about Mobius. Mobius Yay! Final Fantasy. I'm slightly addicted. Yes, you are. Like I am to coffee. And we're also going to talk briefly about the Kingsglaive premiere that we attended, as Lauren mm. alluded to. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> I was just foreshadowing. Yes. Um. Yeah. And now I'm foreshadowing uh, that, I don't know, that there's a lot of news, I think. There's a reasonable amount of news. There's a decent amount yeah. of news. But before we get on to all of that, I need to remind everyone, of course, that Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come on iTunes as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com and YouTube.com forward slash FFUnionVids. Which they will come out more. I'm sorry. I've been very um, sort of flat out recently preparing for stuff. Quite, it's quite funny, though, because we... Like the E3 episode we put up like a couple of weeks ago, which was obviously quite far after E3. Yeah. But somehow we managed to time it just before the delay rumor came out. <laughs> so we were like, oh, okay. Oh, well. It still worked. Yeah. So sorry, if you see really old podcasts going up, it's just me. I I will get through them. It's just a matter of finding the time to really. Yeah, we'll get up to speed at some point. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Patreon. Eee. If you want to support us on Patreon, please head over to patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. We're now going to do our shout outs for the $2.50 pledges and above. So first off, we have Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero. Christian Thompson at Orbit Z Gaming. Christian Burge. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Lewis James. Satria Jaya Sudharma at Satria625 Ruben. Skylar Loveless. Tiger Crane at Papu Milkshake. William Trengove at Vonesty Asher. Chris Morales. Eric Decker. Harley Crawley at Dark Zed Tiokami. Tina Johnston at Axken. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto58. Alex Troutman at Akira Namjin. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Genesis Alejandro at Junisan7. Jason Rivera at Neo Arcadaic. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Chris Russell at The Ninja Max. Manning Franks at Lake underscore Peyton. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Muhammad Quayam. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Nack 95. Vitanitas at V underscore Tron 5000. And finally, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Yay! Thanks, everyone! Yes, thank you so much. It's been fantastic. And I swear to you all that we will have a PBE... In the very near future. Yes, PPE. and on that note, we actually want to talk briefly about Kingsglaive. Yes. We're going to be talking more about, let's say, the behind the scenes of the Kingsglaive premiere on our next edition of PBE. Mm. So if you're interested to learn more about that, please head over to Patreon. It's only $1 to listen. 
Um, and yeah, so Kingsglaive, we obviously got the privilege of going yes. to the UK premiere. And um, it was pretty awesome. It was. I mean, like, setting off the night, we got to meet a lot of the actors, which was awesome. And then um, we saw Sean Bean just appear out of nowhere in front of us, which was <laughs> it- Awesome. It was it was so funny. We were just talking to some of the actors about the fact that, you know, is Sean going to be here? And they was no, no, we we haven't heard he's going to be here. And then he just walked out in front of us. And I was like, <laughs> Sean Bean's right there. He's so, right there. So guys, if you go to a movie premiere and you just talk about Sean Bean, he miraculously appears. <laughs> it's like a summoning charm. And he was wearing the most fantastic shirt I've ever seen. Yeah, you should check that shirt out. It was very, very, very... PlayStation Access, he hosted the event. Uh, they put up some pictures, so definitely go and check out that yeah, shirt. Yeah, it was a snazzy shirt. But, like, but, yeah. Sean Bean is such a sweet guy. Like, he came he up and there were two screenings, one which had more of the fans, one which had more of the press in, and we were in the press one. Uh, and also the actors and staff and stuff. Um, I think for the other one, he did like an interview with Holly from PlayStation Access. Our one, he just kind of got up and said thanks to everyone. And I think he was quite nervous. Uh, But at the same time, it was really sweet to hear him talk about the film and the fact that, you know, it's not something he'd really done before. No. And uh, it was just a really nice experience. And and then he kind of sat in the road behind us to watch the film, which was great. Yeah. I mean, hell, he's, he's dealt with so many different types of like, fans in his yeah, career rings, i mean he has lord of the rings fans, game of thrones fans the, only the one, weird equilibrium fans like yeah. the sort of rare ones i guess the only one he doesn't have is star wars or star yeah. trek <laughs> he just needs to star in one of those and die and then he's fine <laughs> <laughs> but but no um other than that i mean it was a fantastic event like we got a little popcorn and seeing the film itself was like great and Hopefully, I'll have a review up uh, soon or before this or yeah, wherever. Yeah, we didn't want to go too much into it in this because obviously it's coming out. Um, actually, by the time this episode airs, it will roughly be out uh, for digital release. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we like to avoid the spoiler territory. Yeah, I'm going to try to avoid it. We were it. discussing uh, with a lot of the other people who saw it afterwards. And I think um, the big, com- like, what do you think of the film? Yeah. And uh, my response was, the-, the one that just instantly came to mind was, it's better than Advent Children. <laughs> That's that's I the know. only that's kind what of everybody's saying. No, what I've seen lots of different opinions about it. Some people yeah. say that should not have a story and all mm-hmm. stuff, but I'd say that it's if you are ver- if you're going to play Final Fantasy 15, watching Kingsglaive is an absolute must. Yeah, I don't care about whether it's a great standalone film or anything like that. It's the perfect setup to Final Fantasy 15, yeah. and that's all you need to know. Yeah, and you'll pretty much, yeah, you'll miss a great deal of story and, like, sort of context if you if you skip out on it. So if you're not getting it yourself, go to a friend's house, be like, hey, you want to have a movie night? I'm coming over. Um, and just show up with popcorn and a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> and a chocobo. <laughs> So, but yeah, no. I mean, the as a, as a spectacle, like obviously the graphics are absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, oh, I, there were some actually, scenes where I was just like, "That is not CG. That is a real person. You're lying." I was I was doing a, a slight brag with some of the guys at work and saying like, "Yeah, I went to film Paris CG film. You won't know anything about it." Uh, and they were like, "Oh, well, like you got a trailer or something?" So I showed them the trailer, like the E3 trailer, and um, they were like, "Well." what's so special about this and i was like well that's not real people what do you mean it's not real people <laughs> like they they were convinced that they like especially the crow scene yeah like they were absolutely convinced that that was not cg yeah it's just crazy isn't it it's a way it's a great way to psych out like non-video game fans like just be like here you go have fun with that yeah 
<laughs> and also, I think you know, it's it's great. Uh, without going into the story too much, it's great that they had so many cameos in there. Like mm. there was, um, at one point there was like cooked cactus you could yeah. like, up for sale in a shop. Um, there's a chocobo delivery service. I think in one of the arcades there was a, like an ode to one of the really old games. Yeah, like they had so many little little things, things. in there. It does make me excited for one thing though, Daryl's, and you know what it does: the possibility of Agni's philosophy actually being existing existing and gorgeousness with those Explain kind of graphics yourself. those kind of graphics because that's what they've been showing off with agnes philosophy the tech demos, yeah yeah so if they ever if they ever made that game it would be a whole game of that which of would that. be pretty awesome i think I would if they drop. did announce that people would be really excited for it oh my god yes Yes, but anyways, that's, yeah, that's so, um, completely other. We're thing. gonna we're gonna talk a bit more about Kingsglaive on our on our PBE, which mm. is obviously exclusive to Patreon people. We don't we wouldn't normally do that, but it's just that we're trying to cut down yeah. time. We've got so much to talk about, this and episode. we also just feel bad that we haven't done PBE in a while. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, Gomenasai. So, <laughs> sumimasen. Um, so Mobius Final Fantasy is our main topic this episode. We didn't really do anything about Record Keeper, and we definitely didn't do anything about Brave Exvius. No. Uh, but Mobius Final Fantasy is, it's a game that we've actually both enjoyed. And we need rehab. It's an, it's from... a mobile game. I mean, what is, this is me <laughs> saying that I'm enjoying a Final Fantasy mobile game. I've converted him, guys. I've converted him. I just don't know what's happening here. I don't know. I think you've just been hanging out with me too much. It's but true. I love it. Well, I... you'd like to think that we hang out quite a lot because. We, yeah. we, we do live in the same house and we I are know. married. So. I know. I get sick of you sometimes, though, honestly. Thanks, Lauren. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to leave the podcast. See you later, guys. <laughs> um, All right, so Mobius Final Fantasy, it actually was uh, released in Japan over a year ago. It was yeah. The 4th of June 2015. But I actually refused to report on it because I was just like, I'm sick of us not getting any games because we weren't getting anything. We weren't getting Record Keeper at the time. We weren't getting Mobius. Explorers was the same as well. I was just like, for F's sake, like I'm not going to report on this game. But now that we actually have it, I'm just like, oh my <laughs> God. I think the thing that always appealed to me about this game over the other ones was that I know the Final Fantasy 13 gets kind of a raw deal from some people, the, the, the trilogy as a whole. Yeah. But once that franchise finished, a lot of the cast actually, or well, the, the development staff were like, they kind of were in limbo about the next project. And I think this was a nice side project for them to get involved with. So definitely a lot of the guys who from BD1 moved over from Lightning Returns to work on this. And a lot of the staff members are actually therefore quite prominent. So Yeah, I mean it has it's written by freaking Nojima. Like yeah. it's it's a mobile game written by him. And then I, I mean Kataze's the producer. I mean yeah. he's he's a he's one of the big dogs. Yeah, exactly. Um directed by Hamaguchi, who's obviously well, I mean, he's he's not done much. He was yet. like the lead uh, he, for, throughout the 13 franchise, he worked himself with like in terms of basically being the lead programmer on the project. Yeah. So I, I say that, yeah. I, I don't necessarily mean he's not done much. He's done a lot within his thing, but he's never taken a director role. No, it was a, it was the first one for him. Yeah. But um and then the uh, music by Suzuki who's done like a lot in the Final Fantasy 13 series. Yep, so he was brought on after 13 for 132 and Lightning Returns to be a co-composer. He worked some of the the, the, the tracks that people really enjoy. He does really my enjoy. favorite song. Like, like, New Bodum. I love it so much. It's like, oh, I just love that song so much. And um I mean, granted there's there's some stuff that I'm a bit like 
eh about like especially it's also it was, in that soundtrack was like a, a real up and down though like yeah some of the tracks are amazing but, but i give them... him credit for try he tries stuff that's what i love about like his work is that he tries things well, they I don't mean, always work even but... getting in just quickly onto mobius like you look the some of the music is very orchestral and then yeah. you'll go and then suddenly you'll be doing a normal battle and then the boss battle strikes up with just some massive techno track apparently they're I don't know if this is the case, but I was reading the track names, and they seem to be related to whichever uh, whichever job you use. Oh, because they say like a black mage theme, back uh, black or sorry, mage battle theme, um, warrior theme, and that kind of thing. So I'm gonna try that out next time I play it and see if the. But changes. I think like the 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 soundtrack for Mobius works really well, even it though does. there's different styles everywhere. Um, from an art perspective, the there was a, the the main art director was actually the the art designer, the main art designer for the Fantasy Thirteen trilogy, mm. um, and the person who designed the characters. People will hopefully remember because he was the main character designer for Final Fantasy Nine, mm-hmm. and he was also the main art director for the Crystal Chronicles franchise. He actually directed the Crystal Bearers. He's also done a lot of work on the Chocobo series, so like the Fable games. Yeah. And so, so all those, basically, all the games that have that cutesy start. I think didn't he work on Explorers as well? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So he on all, all of those games, and um, he also designed Lumina as a character for Lightning Returns and worked on some of the costumes for 13.2 DLC and, and Nine Return. So I think based on that, like it's a lot of the mobile games that Square Enix had done in the past were like outsourced to Dina mm-hmm. or like they just kind of were... They didn't... Initially, they were finding a feat. You had the, all the bravest and mm-hmm. then they were like, well, we need to just get these out because we don't really know what we're doing. We'll hand them all to ex- experts. But now with Mobius, it was the first one where they'd really thought, we, let's see what we can do with this. And yeah. they put a big team on it. And yeah. therefore, like, the expectations were quite high, but it did really well. Mm-hmm. So when it was released in Japan, by the end of the year, Square Enix said it was one of the most successful mobile games of the year for them. They had 2 million registrations within two weeks. Apple named it as one of the best iTunes uh, apps of the year in the Japanese awards. Like, it it did really well. Yeah, it did. And which is why I was so upset when we just weren't getting it, because it just seemed like a game that I was just really interested in. I mean, granted, like I'm, I did try Record Keeper and I tried Brave Exvius, but like I wasn't, I wasn't too fussed about them just because the story wasn't that like in, integral to it. It was more so like a, a fan celebration type thing. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, it was great reliving some of the Final Fantasy past, but like this game was it still has the connection to the series so you have like garland and that kind of stuff but it's like it's standalone title and that's something that like sort of sets it aside from those ones yeah because i mean brave exodus is the kind of is similar thing you've got a, a, a unique story about like other cast members from previous games can join your party and like it it feel I mean, our review was a little bit scathing of it, we did, but it, it felt like an upgraded version of All the Bravest. Yeah. Uh, and, and Record Keeper is obviously... I know that there's loads of people that love Record Keeper, mm-hmm. um, but it just didn't really appeal to me. No, I got bored with it, to be fair. It's just because there was nothing that really hooked me in. It's like you're you're unlocking galleries and like you're just you're just sort of... Yeah, like I mean, it's cute, and it's adorable, stuff. and it's it it's fun. But that just doesn't interest me. Like it just didn't interest me. Yeah. Whereas Mobius, is, I'd say the we'll only game it, but... that has, and you've actually said this is a very good comparison. But Kingdom Hearts Key mm. is the one that's 
kind of probably hooked you the most out of the ones they've done. Yeah, yeah, and it's because it's a new story. Like Kingdom Hearts And key, the mechanics work well. And the mechanics are very similar. It's it's why I mean, um I kind of wish that they had just released Mobius, to be fair. Like I wish that this was their mobile game and they didn't but I feel like also Square Enix kind of had to have their duds just so that they could figure out what they were doing. Yeah. But um but I think Mobius, for me, it's their best mobile game to date. I mean, we did a poll uh, in preparation for the episode. We didn't have too many votes, probably about 80. And I think um, we asked people whether they liked Record Keeper, Brave Exvius, and or Mobius. Brave Exvius came out last, which Aww, is not too surprising, yeah. really. Um, but I think Record Keeper still has a lot of love. But that, I mean, that came out a while ago now. Yeah. It's quite a while ago. And obviously, Mobius is more current, so people are playing it. They're probably enjoying it a bit more. Um, but I think it was it was really interesting to to see the differences between the games and the similarities too, because at, yeah. the, at their core, the three games are very similar. They're all based around the stamina system with microtransactions built in, like the stuff you have to collect, mm-hmm. um, there's places you have to go to do things. They're very similar, but the the actual delivery is vastly different. Mm. The record keeper is more like the traditional a like ATB turn-based style. Yeah. Brave Exodus is, again, more like all the Bravest, where you could just you just spam like the who you want to attack, where and when. Yeah. Whereas Mobius is really quite different. It is and it isn't. Like, it, it just sort of takes from each thing. So it has, like, the card system from... Um, it has... Well, it's kind of... They're cards in this game, but there were medals in, um, in Unchained Key... Um, and then it also has this sort of, um, attack system, like how Unchained Key has, where you have like three, you have like three or four attacks, depending on your card levels and what, uh, what sort of abilities you have unlocked. You can get like multiple, um, turns against an enemy. Yeah. So, I mean, like the gameplay is, is based on an an element system. So there's four elements. Yeah. Uh, fire and water, which are weak and strong against each other, and wind and earth, which are weak and strong against each other. Yeah. It's pretty basic. Yeah. You can take four cards into any battle and you can get a guest card from that you can rent from someone. You rent it. Sounds extremely basic when you put it like that. Yeah, but it it is extremely complex. But before we get onto that, though, because we're getting into gameplay. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. Um, But, like, with regards to each of them, so I've I've played all of them now, yeah? This one is the only one that I truly feel like I don't need to spend a cent on in order to enjoy it. Like, I felt like with Unchained Key, if I wanted the special cutesy freaking medals, I would have to buy them. If I wanted the, like, outfits for my character, I'd have to buy them. For Record Keeper, I just felt like I needed to buy the weapons in order to get the best weapons, whatever. Well, I mean, but there have been stories that we've been seeing where people have spent thousands of pounds yeah. on Record Keeper. And like Brave Exvius as well with the microtransactions. It's like, what's highlighted on the screen? Oh, it's the oh, treasure yeah, chest. That the, we talked blah, about blah, that on the podcast, wasn't it? It's like, yeah. yeah, let's just point you towards the money. Let's just point money. you towards that. Brave, or uh, sorry, Mobius, I don't feel that at all. I haven't I, actually seen where you can even buy stuff. You have to go, um, you have to just buy Magisite. That's but like, the whole thing. Even but if you go to the shop section, it. it's all using internal currency. Exactly. And it's like everything that you have, like the summon cards, the ability cards, the Magisite. I mean, if you're playing it like on for hours on end, then sure, like maybe you'll get to a point where you're 
you know, you need to um, spend money on it. But, but honestly, I have, like, 29 elixirs, which upgrade your stamina. So, like, even if I ran out of stamina, I have, like, a ton of time to redo it. Uh, Magicite, it refills after every, is it, like, few hours or day or so? Yeah. So you get 100, 100 of them each day. And then cards, I mean, you can just... You get so many. You get so many, and you can just go to specific bosses to try and upgrade, uh, to try and get specific materials for your cards. And it's just, I just don't feel the need to spend money on it. And maybe it's that's the, a detriment to it no, for I think it's, Square Enix perspective. It's, it's the kind but... of game where it's, it's kind of like League of Legends, really. Completely free to play. The only way that League of Legends made money was people buying skins. And yeah. like buying the right points, and buy it, yeah, to get so, new characters, and so it's. But they've done extremely well on that model, and it's because people enjoy the game. And when people exactly. enjoy the game, they want to do things to support it. Yeah, like Warframe is another example. One of my friends, it's completely free to play; you don't have to spend anything. But he enjoyed the game, so he wanted to give them something to reward them for it. And I think when you enjoy a game and you and you uh, really appreciate what the people have done uh, for it. And that's kind of how a lot of models work these days, isn't it? It's all about appreciation. Like if you yeah. if you like something that someone is doing, then like instead of spamming ads in your face or all this stuff, it's and just being like, like well, pay me. Yeah, why don't I just why don't I just help them out? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I mean Mobius does such a great job with not making you feel like you have to spend a cent all the time. Like and yeah, no, I just I've I've just been really enjoying it. I don't know if it's going to change in the future, but like I'm I'm hooked. I think the story it started off a bit blasé. Yeah. And, and but it's it's one of those ones like, you know, by the time you get to the end of chapter 2, you're fully invested in that story. I'm like, so it's, invested. It's such a it's it's minimal and like your the character you play is like kind of I don't know what the hell's going on here. Yeah. But, like, the way that they bring other characters in, like, Princess Sarah and Garland, obviously, from the original. Yeah. Um, I guess in the future, we're going to see if other characters get brought in. in yeah, they're own. going to be brought in. But I think the way that they've done that as well, like, Garland, it's a new interpretation. It's not, like, the same old Garland, like, the tired one we see in Dissidia and has just been announced in the new Dissidia game, which we'll go yeah. into later. And yeah. All these other ones. That's just the same character that's just yeah. been rehashed. This is a completely new Garland. Yeah, he keeps getting called a heretic, doesn't he? Because yeah. he doesn't believe in the he doesn't believe in the prophecy. He's neither good nor bad, and he kind of looks like Jim Rayner from Starcraft <laughs> as well. He has like that rugged sort of I'm a middle aged man, looks like vain. sexiness. Yeah, but um, I'd kind of have a crush on like it, it's it's a weird one because yeah, it's like it's quite serious, but at the same time, it's extremely silly. Yeah, and the voice acting is really great in it as well, which helps. Um, isn't it Bryce Pappenbrook yeah, so plays Bryce the main Pappenbrook character? Yeah, so Bryce is actually back for his third Final Fantasy yeah. experience. Well, technically, I mean, if you include the Bravely series, it's fourth. Wow. Because he's Sedan. They he's, just love him. He's uh, Karasame. Yeah. He's... Or no, he's not Karasame. No, oh, sorry, he's, no, um, he's uh, Machina. Machina, yeah. Uh, and he's uh, Tiz yeah. in Bra- the Bravely series. Yeah. And yeah, they brought him on again. But he works so well. Like, I mean, he's... They made the character, he's not, he, it's, it's weird, because he's kind of like Squall, but he's, like, also not as grumpy as Squall, like, um, he's, he's just sassy, I like, guess is the best uh, way to put it. Uh, he's kind of like, yeah, he's got emotion, but he's emotionless. Yeah. That's the weirdest way of putting it, I think. Yeah. Like, he's just, 
like the, oh, the conversations he has with both Mog and Echo, the little fairy, are just and, so and silly. And Princess Sarah. And like, Princess Sarah as there's well. There's one point where he's like really annoyed with Princess Sarah. So he just started, he just starts punching the crystal she's in. Yeah. And then he walks away and he's like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Okay. Um. <laughs> I did bad. I did a bad. But no, he's just he's just really funny. And like the chemistry between the characters has been really great. But yeah, like it starts off a bit weird. Um, I kind of compare it to like some kind of um, like I don't know, gothic sort of oh, emotions type sort of. But beginnings. like to give you guys an overview, essentially, um, like <laughs> it's hard. The, to... the main character is from not that not not from Palamecia, which is the the like the world. Yeah. Um, and the the quest is to everyone on Palamecia is trying to become the warrior of light. Yeah. Everyone is called a blank because they haven't yet written their destiny. And the idea is that it's kind of a parallel of real life, really, isn't it? So mm. that everyone has the opportunity to achieve greatness. Mm-hmm. It's just that many people get distracted along the way. So yeah. one example is that you arrive at a castle and they're like, well, you know, we could really help you. We could really do with the help to like protect the castle. I mean, you'll get stuck here for a while, but it's like, it's great to protect these people. Yeah. But this like, but then you're going to get stuck there. Yeah. So your character is just like, nah, I'm, I'm alright. I've got more important things to do. Yeah. Um, have, have fun though. Yeah. But then because those people decided to just stay there and do that kind of mundane task, they become a blank. Yeah. But, and everyone is trying to become the warrior of light. Still. And everybody's named the same as well. So all of my characters are named Fosnus, which is a bit <laughs> silly, but. Well, um, the tournament was slightly strange because yeah. it's a tournament, but they're not actually called that. They just pretend they are. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if they lose, then they get have to be known as like Fosnus the loser. Yeah. <laughs> for the rest of their life. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's it's a really sort of nice. Um, there's a lesson to be learned uh, within within uh, Mobius and focusing on what's ahead. And like you have your guide, so you have. Mog, who's just blindly sort of following the prophecy and like really sort of believing in you and um being like, You are you are the warrior of light. I know, I hope, I I hope and dream that you are, I know that you are and uh then you have Echo who's just like, like I'm gonna send you to your death. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> send you to your death. Um you know, you you don't really wanna be the warrior of light, do you? No, you don't wanna be. It's like she basically like she basically tries to send, tries her best to send him down the path of destruction, essentially, and try to make him give up. But she does have a heart still, and that's what I love about like the characters in this is that they're not one dimensional. Like they, no. they all have even Garland. Sort of, like he, yeah, there hasn't be, there isn't too much interaction with Garland throughout the first two chapters. But what he does do is kind of like oh, okay. I thought that, like, when we first saw him, I was just like, oh, he's going to be a bad guy because he's Garland. Like, he's going to he have might to be, still be a bad guy. He could be. But, like, he just, yeah, his character is not all all that it seems, essentially. Um, and then moving on from that so that we don't get into spoilery stuff. So, like, the gameplay we kind of covered already. 
But essentially, yeah, it's like it's like Unchained Key. So it has um, a card system instead of a metal system. And you basically just level them up by like, yeah. fusing and or using them as well in battle. So the collective level of the four cards you have is the the, char- the, the, the deck level. Mm. And that goes on top of your character level. But that's the thing that kind of determines your, he- your hit points and, mm. and the, the, how much damage you're going to do. And then on top of that, you have your jobs. And you can set like four cards to each job. Um, and you can unlock even more jobs as they go, and then they have skills panels, and it's a lot. It's a lot. Jobs can only use three of the four elements, so you're always Mm going to be, like, useless against one of them. Yeah. And then, like, to make the gameplay interesting, it's they have a a weird system where, like, when you do an attack, you draw orbs. Yeah. And, um, but you can, you can, uh, kind of manipulate the orbs that you'll draw by, um, absorbing the orbs into yourself. So if you want to draw, um, there's, you start off with obviously the three types that you can use with your deck. If you don't want to draw fire orbs anymore, you absorb the fire orbs, which means you're protected against it and it lowers the probability that you'll get them in the future. So it's, it's a, like a kind of, it's a strange system that you have to worry about the weaknesses, but at the same time, you can't protect yourself against something if you need to draw that. Yeah. Orb like, type. it's, it's a really crap moment if you have like, 30 health left and you have no health orbs that you've drawn <laughs> that is a very oh crap moment that's a game over yeah that's a game over um but no and what's great about it as well and i think this was something that was i can't remember if it was in brave exvius but it's in record keeper where you can auto battle so you can just sort of go through and you don't have to worry about anything so we literally just like sort of leave the game going. I think that's sometimes. the good thing for me because yeah. obviously it's one, it needs internet connection again. That was the biggest gripe about the last couple of games. They always need an internet connection. But I think with Record Keeper, um, I just didn't, I didn't want to go. Like I didn't, nah. it didn't pull me in enough. Whereas at Mobius, like I, I wanted to find it. I wanted to do the challenges. Yeah, and, and I actually want to. I actually want to do the like side quests as well. Like, don't you find that like right now they have the poo poo quest yeah and then they also have the anaman terrapin which actually ends today when we're recording but um but i actually want to do them where i didn't i felt like i couldn't do the record keeper ones i always felt like i would die i think it goes back to what you were saying originally whereas record keeper was a game that just pulled on nostalgia yeah whereas mobius is a game that has nostalgia in it but it's not the that it's not reliant on it and it's not impossible either. I think that's the biggest thing as well. I always felt like Record Keeper was, if you went into it late, it's impossible to play. But this, like, I mean, I don't know if it's just because it's the beginning, but I just don't feel like, I feel like I can actually probably do the missions, like the special missions. Yeah, Whereas Record Keeper, I much. always felt like I, I always felt like I couldn't do them. I always felt like, oh, I don't want to bother trying to get Tifa because... I'm never going to get up to getting Tifa or Sephiroth. Like, I just don't have the time to do that. But Mobius, it's just, it's good. Yeah. So, uh, if you haven't tried out Mobius yet, I I would recommend it. Um, Give it a go. See how you feel about it. I mean, obviously, the three games are, they're very different. So, Mm. some of them are going to appeal to others. Like, there's people that absolutely swear by Record Keeper, but we couldn't get into it. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's going to be one of those things like we love Mobius and um, some of you guys are probably playing the crap out of it too. Well, I mean, hey, like we set a pretty good score and you figure out that actually, no, your score is pretty terrible. <laughs> I know. Like, I, th- at the start of one week, I set a score that put me, uh, I think, in the top 5,000 in the world for <laughs> that score. 
about four days later, I was down to about seventy, eighty thousand. Yeah. Like, which I mean, there's got to be at least a hundred thousand, well, over like a million people playing this oh right my now. God, yeah. It's nuts. But anyway, um, news. <gasps> yeah. News. So yeah, Final Fantasy fifteen did get delayed after all. No. Um, it was a really weird thing for us. Uh, yeah. We were in a slightly, it was a good position because normally we're i don't know how it happens but stuff like that typically breaks just after we've recorded the podcast yep so then we look like absolute morons when the podcast comes out and we don't talk about it this time we got the heads up um it was probably an hour before we recorded we had to completely change the show plan yeah to to kind of cater for it but it was it worked out well yeah i think so and then as the day went through obviously we mentioned the time uh, game nisia um posted about it gamatsu kind of confirmed they posted about it i think probably about by the evening of saturday we started to um hear that it was probably true yeah um, but oh my god not gonna declare my sources until then until then like i was we were just getting so much hate and we still do get a like a lot of hate and it's just like guys Back off. Like, we're not the ones who are saying it. It's rumors. And we have to report on rumors. We are news posters, okay? If we don't report on news that are rumors that happen, we just look like we wouldn't be doing our job. So the way that I look at it, and and hopefully you guys feel the same, is that I will not post a rumor unless I believe there is substance behind it. Yes. Yeah. Like, I won't post something that's gone on some random freaking site that has nothing to do with video games blah 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 like you know but this was like being reported on by gamatsu and freaking um well i mean gamatsu in case you guys aren't aware they're the ones that leaked all the stuff before uncovered like they they, they've got a good track like people who have really good track records um so as i said we like we started we started learning that this was this was probably going to be true yeah um and it was it was a yeah, it was a weird, a weird, a weird weekend. Yeah. I'd say. Um, it, there was a lot of confusion because Square Enix weren't saying anything, and I think on, on our side of the fence, um, it was it was strange to see people going to extreme lengths to try and disprove the rumor. Yeah, and that's true like, too. Oh, and it's like people calling up, this and people that. calling up GameShop. Okay, guys, guys, GameStop, they're not going to tell you a thing because if somebody from GameStop said, oh yeah, no, the whole rumors are all true. They would get fired and probably, probably sued. sued by Square Enix, guys. Use your noggins. Come on, you can do it. Like, honestly. Like, <laughs> like yeah, like they're just going to be, no, no, actually, no, yeah, like that massive thing that we've been told not to tell anyone about. Yes, yeah, true. And also, like, who would, like, not to be rude or anything, but GameStop employees, I, I'm... Like, I'm pretty sure that some of them probably do have information that we are not supposed to know about. But I just feel like Square Enix wouldn't trust an average GameStop employee with that type of information because of how sensitive it is. Granted, you could be, like, the greatest secret keeper in the world, and I'm not talking to you, GameStop employee. I'm talking to just the average Joe who, with this information, it's like a pipe bomb and something that they can brag that they know about. Well, I mean, someone clearly did talk. Someone did talk. Someone did talk. And, you know, like, I just, I wouldn't have thought that an average GameStop employee would know this information. So, I mean, I granted, I know that a lot of you were just 
really, really, really desperate to prove this wrong because it is not the best news to get. But at the same time, don't be dicks about it. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, don't be douchebags about it. I mean, yeah, because it's not our fault. It's not our fault. It wasn't. It wasn't Kotaku's fault when uh, No Man's Sky got delayed. It's not Gematsu's fault when something else gets delayed or when the rumor gets spread around. We are reporters. We are journalists through and through. We have to bring you the information. I mean, I I don't want to speak for other websites, but we're generally very sensitive to it. So, for example, when uh, in the lead up to Uncovered. The release date of Final Fantasy XV, or the original one, uh, got uh, leaked beforehand. We didn't post up like blazingly everywhere what the release date was. We were just saying, the release date's been leaked. If you want to find out what it is or what it's potentially going to be, you can check here. But we're not going to just spam it in your face. We're not going to try and ruin things for no, you. No, and we're not trying to clickbait either, which some people are saying. Oh my god, I was just like, are you serious? <laughs> are you serious right now i know i'm getting really passionate and i'm probably letting the trolls win but you know what but yeah so uh, final fantasy 15 is now going to come out on the 29th of november 2016 which is our daughter's birthday yeah um, <laughs> and tabata it was actually a really good move um, i thought so I mean, he looked okay. like such a puppy dog so slight spoilers here guys i was actually preparing some kind of article you know what i'm like on the podcast i get very emotional i'm very opinionated oh you are uh, so opinionated I, I can't even handle the emotion that's coming out from that side honestly i was gonna <laughs> do an article just talking about how i mean just simple things like they trolled us at the uncovered event to say oh the game's coming on the 30th of november no way it's not well actually now it is uh that's a slight screw up it's embarrassing <laughs> Um, just just to kind of highlight kind of the things that have potentially not gone that well with Final Fantasy 15 over the last year like you've got the Gilgamesh DLC announcements like yeah. it's been a thing but and I was like ride. yeah that tablet of video it kind of I was like I don't want to do that anymore I like I watched it and I was like this guy we've we've said a lot of love for Tabata over the last year like we've had some criticism too but like you know it really couldn't have been an easy decision to make delaying this game, especially so close to launch. You have to think about, I mean, a lot of people will think about how it affects them. Like, okay, so we're on holiday when it comes out. Like it's, and a lot of people would have booked holiday off to play it on the original release date. Some yeah. people work in retail. They can't get holiday that close to um, when it's coming out because yeah. of the Christmas season. Yeah. Like, it's around Black Friday. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff that, uh, there's a lot of things that are impacted by that new release date but you know think about all the people that work for square yeah that had to like change all their plans think about all like the the game was going to go probably off go off to print like yeah. not to like like for- we know some people and we won't say any names but we know some people who have not had holiday all year long who work for square enix and they were going to take their holiday in december and they can't now they can't do it well they can well, like it's November, December, December. Yeah, but like, but like, they can't do it. They have to work. Yeah, because like, after fifteen, like fifteen coming out, everybody. was going to be a big thing. Like, you know, people <laughs> have worked on this game for a long time. It's horrible to say, but it's like a drug. It's like a drug PSA. Your drunk driving affects everyone. Your smoking <laughs> affects everyone. I'm not making light of that, but like, um, but yeah, like it's it was a a big decision, and yeah. you know, Tabata's decision affected, of course, all the gamers who were looking for it but a lot of people's lives internally at that company. Yeah. And, you know, he fronted up. He he recorded that video mm-hmm. um, and was very honest about the reasons why. Mm-hmm. And I 
I believe the re- the reasons are legitimate. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Final Fantasy fifteen. People have played it at Gamescom and stuff. Like it could do with a bit of polish. Uh, I I think you know getting uh, out of the selfish side that we're on holiday when it's going to come out. I, I think that it's a good thing that it's been delayed. I'd mm. I'd rather. I mean, everyone's been shoving that Miyamoto quote around till it's blue in the face, but like. A good game, like a game that comes out that's bad will always be bad. Yeah. But a game that gets delayed has the potential to be good. Yeah. So like if they're going to delay for two months because that's the time they feel they need, it doesn't matter if it's a slightly embarrassing thing for them. No. Like who's going to care at the end of the day if Final Fantasy XV releases and is an amazing game? I mean, Uncharted 4 just got delayed. I know. Like games get delayed. It's the end product that's the important thing. Exactly. If it gets delayed a ton and it sucks then yeah, like that's bad. <laughs> that's when you can complain. But getting it delayed so they can make it better than it they intended it to be, Yeah, that's a good thing. Obviously, like, and like considering this as well, they, they seemed like they really tried to get this release date. They really tried to get to the September 30th. I mean, if they're waiting until now to tell us that it's going to be delayed as well, like, you know... It seems like they they really just gave it their best go, but honestly, like I mean, if it needs polish, it needs polish. Exactly. And but yeah, I'm um, I'm for that. That's pretty much it with the 15 delay. Yeah, that's um, it of my rant, yeah. my little rant at you, Everyone. smokes who like to you know come on social media and tell me I'm an idiot. Well, bleh. yeah, that's. That's very articulate of me, isn't it? I'm um, so articulate. Yeah, the, the only other piece of Final Fantasy 15 news that we want to discuss in this episode, there was the whole thing about linearity, which just came out. Yeah. I could probably talk about that for an hour. <laughs> I know, because it's just so frustrating. We're, we're looking to do an article on Final Fantasy Union about it, so <laughs> hopefully that'll so explain keep everything. So keep that in um, mind. But Justice Monsters 5, you know that game that was announced that uncovered that yeah. just has been having problems ever since? I know, um, bless them. It's supposed to be coming out on the day this podcast releases. Now... There's one slight thing that I'm not too sure about in their tweet. They mentioned it's going to come out in Japan and the USA. I don't know if it's also going to come out in Europe on the same day. Hopefully it does. We'll see. Yeah, but we'll see. Okay, the next piece of news. Well, the next two pieces of news are related to the Dissidia franchise. So they had a massive event over the weekend. I was not expecting. I think it was like six, seven hours long or something crazy. Something like that. Um, The the first thing, well, they did a lot of stuff to it, but like from a news perspective... um, Love isn't relevant to us because we don't even have the game. Yeah. Uh, like they showed off some the multiplayer they're trying to do um, and that kind of stuff. But the the next cast member that this is going to be Ace. Yeah. Which is obviously great because it's the second new character. And you adding. predicted it, didn't you? Did I? Or you, I think you said that it would be really cool if Ace comes on. Type zero character. Yeah. I may have said. Yeah, I think you said did say a Type zero character. Yes. Yeah. I Good job, Daryls. Good job, Daryls. Thank you, Lauren. I, I'll remember your rumors. I, um, I'll remember so... everything you ever say ever because I'm a devoted wife. <laughs> so he's going to be, as you expect, a shoot class. Uh, so he's all about spamming his cards at people yeah. from distance. Flashy, flashy. Um, he looked really cool, actually. He did. And I'm um, really pleased that they've gone down that area. I was, I th- yeah, we were talking about the fact they need to add new characters. Yeah. And, the response to them announcing Ace has been great yeah. because there's so many people that love Type Zero. They're happy to see Type Zero getting them more love. It makes them more confident there's going to be another Type Zero game in the future. Oh, that'd be nice. Um, but um, it was. They also announced the new designs for Chaos and Cosmos. Mm-hmm. They've taken a bit of flack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Cosmos design is. Oh man, you have to check it out. It's. It is. 
I people like I'm I'm stuttering my words. I'm just, just, <laughs> it, ah, it's just someone posted a picture of like New York Fashion Week or something last <laughs> last year, and it's just like basically it's a dress that is just got holes all in it. It's like made out of sheets of material that uh-huh. are in square. Like I don't know, it's like an unfinished dress kind of thing. Like it's so. Is not, it really like raunchy? Not so much raunchy, but like imagine uh, an old school dress from like the 1800s where they got the really big flared out skirts. Yeah. But imagine it was just the underwire. Okay. And they just put some pieces of cloth like down the front on the sides. Oh, okay. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's like, yeah. it's all right. I mean, I don't mind it. But Cosmos is supposed to be like this deity. Yeah. Well, no. she she flashed out holes in her dress, okay? She's trying to catch some fish. She needs to eat, okay? It was... I was disappointed with the design versus the original Cosmos design in Dissidia. I don't know. I, Chaos looked a bit crazy, too. I still think it's a bit... Well, yeah. Nah, it is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that happened. <laughs> and then... So... And this was all happening right at the end of the stream. And... <laughs> I just thought of something. You could use her as a... You could use her as a... Oh, what is it? A badminton. A badminton shuttlecock. Yeah, it's true. Cosmos <laughs> shuttlecock. <laughs> We should contact the merch department. <laughs> Get on it. Oh my god. Okay. The um so yeah after that announcement happened, they like went through the roadmap of everything that's happened. For some reason Theatrhythm was included in this as well. So Theatrhythm All Star Carnival's coming out in September. Mm. We don't care about that again, we're never gonna probably never gonna get it. No. Um but they announced a new game. Now, this was it's called Decidia Final Fantasy Opera Omnia and the, it's just Latin they're ripping out, but uh- like <laughs> It's a spin-off game of a spin-off game. It's like it's somebody just sitting there with a um a Latin book and just being like, "All right, we need O. We need an O word. Yeah, Let's see. Two of them. Okay. All right. This works. This works. Let's do it." Uh, but yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, like um so yeah, it's a spin-off of a spin-off. It's a Dissidia game, but it doesn't have the normal Dissidia gameplay. So it's now no. a turn-based game. Yeah. Like a traditional Final Fantasy game, but they've implemented Dissidia mechanics into it. So like you can you get your three parts set up, you can beat them up, but like they have the two health bars, they've got the brave system that they've implemented. If you hit people hard enough, they'll fly against the back wall. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a bit they yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, in its in its core, it just seems really similar to World of Final Fantasy. It's yeah. a game where it's turn based. It looks like it's going to be like I have a story that's involving all the cast of characters. It's unnecessary, essentially. The difference is it's on mobile. Yeah, but like so. With all that being said, I'm stealing your phrases, Lauren. <laughs> the thing that appealed to me, and there was a lot of confusion about this when I said it on tw- our Twitter, that. The like first piece of promo artwork they put out, there were some a lot of characters in there that often kind of get overlooked by people. Now everyone focuses on the fact that Cloud is in there, and I said these characters, th- this collect, some of these characters get overlooked. No s word. Yeah, it's like some some of these characters get overlooked. Some Cloud, oh Clouds and everything. So's Terra, like they don't get overlooked, and they're big in their own games. Yeah, we know that they're big in their own games. You freaking. B word. But yeah, like so this this thing also had Rem, it had Yuffie, it had Yuna, it had Hope, it had Vivi. It's like Exactly. They these guys Vivi hasn't been in a spin off title except for like maybe Kingdom Hearts two. I don't think he's been in yeah. like anything. So they Ren typically hasn't been in anything. they typically they'll be like in Pictologica and like these kind of things. But 
like for most of the other cameos they do, like World of Final Fantasy Explorers, they will always pick Cloud. Mm-hmm. Always Although pick World Lightning. of Final Fantasy, to be fair, seems like they're going to cover like a lot of different ones because yeah, they have like all of Final Fantasy. That's why it's six. similar. So like World of Final Fantasy, they're also going outside the box. They're including people like Shulk from the yeah. Cerberus. Shulk. So they're, they're trying. Um, they got some Edgar. Chronicles characters in there. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, this game it was like I was really pleased with the fact that there's. I mean, like they've got Yida from Final know, Fantasy fourteen in there. Awesome, like Seymour's there. Sifra is there with Fujin Seymour, and Raijin. I'm also in love with because I was always sort of hoping that maybe he'd be in the Sars. game. Sars, Sars is in well. the game. Like yeah, like it from that perspective, I think that's really cool, and I really hope that these characters also get featured in the arcade version. But the trouble is, is that I want the arcade version more than I want this game. Yeah. If they could just have these characters in the arcade version and release it on console, I'd be so happy. But yeah, yeah it just seems it just seems like an unnecessary game, an unnecessary like buffer game to when they announced Dissidia on console, essentially. I mean, it's supposed to be coming out in Japan in the next three months. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably not going to get more fleshed out than we really is. So it's just going to yeah. come out. It's going to be like Mobius, Bravex, all those kind of games. There'll be people that will play the Japanese version yeah. and then we'll hear bits about it from that. There'll probably be crossover things they put in there. Yeah. But like at this stage, we have no idea what type of game it's going to be. Like, no. I'm going to say, I don't know if it's going to be a microtransaction game or if it's going to be a standalone game. It's true. Like it could be a self-contained game that you have to pay for up front. If that, I mean... They've got to try different things. and But my phone just can't handle it no. anymore. I'm, my phone is yelling at me. It's saying, no, Lauren, stop. Lauren, <laughs> it, put put the app down. Oh, the battery goes so fast. Put the ba- put the phone down. No more app store. My app store is just saying, screw you. But yeah. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's pretty much the news for this episode. Went a little bit of a rant there. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I think I, that's the most I've talked. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Um, <laughs> sorry if i offended anybody but oh yeah uh it's been an interesting two weeks yeah um okay so the music of this episode is from final fantasy 14 yeah <laughs> so it's a an arrangement of on windy meadows and it's done by a uk artist called benjamin anthony james i really like it it's a song that i i like normally and yeah. like you just want to do a little jig to it but having a song to sing along and i would to say it well, it's nice. rare to have guys sing like most YouTube channels where it's singers, they're women. Mm. Like when they do video game stuff, it's, yeah, it's usually it's women. generally women. There aren't too many guys, so it was, it was nice to find a, a guy who sings. All right, so the next episode of Final Fantasy is scheduled to come on the 30th of September, which is just after our fan gathering. Yay! If you haven't bought tickets yet, why not? We've got loads of stuff planned. We've got Kingsglaive axes coming down. I mean, yeah. come on. For vendors of loads of different types, we've got the Final Fantasy trading card game that's going to be there. We've got Triple Triad Tournament, Theatrical Tournament, and hopefully we might have a few more surprises to uh, declare too. Yeah, and also to to get rid of the misconception, like a lot of people, some people have come to me and been like, oh, is this, I I thought this was an exclusive event just for Final Fantasy Union or FFUKF fans. And it's like, no, it's open to any Final Fantasy fan. Like, invite anyone who likes Final Fantasy. This is not exclusive, and we are all about inclusive. We yes. like to have fun with everybody. Yes, yes, we do. But yes, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you just type in Final Fantasy in iTunes, we're number one. Alternatively, if you want to get slightly out of date podcasts and all our other videos, you can go to YouTube. <laughs> we are on there if you just have Final Fantasy Union. And of course, you can check out all our stuff on FinalFantasyUnion.com, including some articles and news and other stuff. 
And if you really enjoy what we do, please head over to Patreon to support us there at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. All right, Lauren. Bye, guys. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. Sirens sang, red swallows weep as the kraken lies asleep. Come, take my hand to the land where sirens sang. Calamity unbound follows me on the windy meadows by the sea. the sea.